I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, you. Yes, you, passionate sports fan. If you'll give me less than 60 seconds, I want to tell you how you can start making as much as six figures per year and do it all around your passion for sports. Hi there, my name is Jim Parsons, and I know there are at least 14 different methods sports fans can use to start earning a solid income off of their love of sports. And I want to show you the system I've created that will start allowing you to profit from your love of the game and turn your favorite hobby into a profitable side hustle. Let's take you from being a hobbyist to a professional sports fan and show you how to make money in an industry you love. Go to sportssidehustle.com, that's sportssidehustle.com, and download my free startup guide. I'll explain to you the four fundamentals that you need to get started and then show you where to go if you want to learn more. Hey, the athletes don't need to be the only ones making money off of sports. Go to sportssidehustle.com today and let's get started. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Sportster Show brought to you by the Sportster. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with the Sportster.com. This episode, we're going to be talking all about AEW Dynamite, the good and the bad. The good being the MJF promo with William Regal. It was awesome. The bad being the injury to Hangman Adam Page. We'll have an update on how he's doing and what is going on on that front. We'll also talk about NXT, the build and the go-home show to Halloween Havoc, which is happening on Saturday. It was an interesting show considering they had a bunch of main roster stars on it, none of which are going to be on the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view. So what was the point of that? What were they doing? What were they were they running just up against AEW, which aired on a Tuesday night? Why did they do all this? So we're going to be talking about that as well. Norman's going to be coming on. We're going to have that conversation. We'll touch a little bit on Bray Wyatt's promo from SmackDown, the emotional, dramatic promo that he gave, more like a Wyndham Rotunda promo than it was a Bray Wyatt promo. We'll also talk about Soraya Page from WWE and how physical she's been getting on AEW programming lately. So that is this episode of the Sportster Show. We hope that you enjoy. Don't forget, download, subscribe, share with your friends. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. All of that helps us out tremendously. 
And of course, go to thesportster.com. Enjoy the show. We hope you have fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sportster Show, brought to you by thesportster.com. As always, Jim Parsons and Norman Quarantine with you. Norman, how you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me once yeah, again. Of course. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, NXT and the buildup towards Halloween Havoc on an episode that was just flooded with main roster WWE superstars. We're also going to be talking about AEW Dynamite which was, it's not necessarily a buildup, sort of for full gear, but I don't think it was expected to be. Uh, it turned mm-hmm. out that way because of an injury that mm-hmm. meant an impromptu ending to the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about all that today. So we'll cover those two shows. You want to start with NXT? You want to start with Dynamite? Where you want to go first? Yeah, let's start with NXT. Okay. Well, NXT was a show, Halloween Havoc is a Saturday, I believe, uh, as people listen to this a couple days away. It's a pay-per-view that, Seems to have a lot of build in NXT when they do them. This one, and for whatever reason, WWE has decided to really bring some main roster people onto the show. They've been doing it more for the pay-per-views, bringing in Raw and SmackDown superstars. They flooded this episode of NXT with main roster stars. I'm assuming because AEW was running on a Tuesday night and it was opposed to NXT, so they maybe wanted to just have the better of the better on that show, but they're never going to say that that's not going to be something they admit. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the whole idea first, before we really get into the specifics mm-hmm. of the show about having that many main mm-hmm. roster stars on a brand that typically, I mean, it's doing it more and more, but never this much. Yeah. I mean, look, so we got we for, for this, this week because of, because of the postseason baseball, uh, the uh, dynamite was moved to Tuesday, which means, which meant that, Dynamite and NXT were going head to head for the first time in what 18 months, maybe, maybe a bit more it's, than that. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah. Um, now as it hap- as it happens, Dynamite did uh did get a h- higher rating. Um, I think it was Dynamite was in the somewhere in the 700, 700 to eight hundred thousand range, and I think NXT was a somewhere in the six hundred thousand range around there. Um but they tried to make WWE tried to make sure that that didn't happen. I, I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they're not like super depressed about it or anything. It's you know, Tuesday night. It's their it's their developmental show up against AEW's main show. So I'm sure they're not that super bummed. But yeah, they tried to stop that happening. They brought in a bunch of uh, main roster talent. Now this was the this is the as you mentioned this is the go home show to Halloween Havoc, which is on Saturday. Um, also worth mentioning Halloween Havoc. I, I can't remember when they started making this its own pay-per-view, but there was definitely a period where they would just make it a special episode of NXT, right? Where it was yeah. just, it would just be on the, on the week weekday episode and they would just call it Halloween Havoc or something. Yeah. I think the first episode Shotzi was the host. We'll yeah. talk about that in a minute. They really pushed it. And then I think they did another one where it wasn't quite pushed as heavily. Right. And now this one, they seem to be going back to the first format of it yeah um but yeah they did sort of bring it in as a, just a very special show it was not really right. meant to be a pay-per-view mm-hmm. or a premium live event is what they call them now mm-hmm. um it was just kind of a, and they did this a lot with nxt where these old wcw uh, pay-per-view war games things right. like that had started yeah. as just okay this is a special episode of nxt and then they turned them into pay-per-views so mm-hmm. i'm assuming that's where they'll go with this yeah so yeah um yeah flooding it with main roster talent i think was 
make like i see why they did it right they want to try they want to do all they can pull out all the stops to try to pop a rating um i don't know that it was that smart considering that it's the go home show to halloween havoc and all those people that you brought onto the show aren't going to be on the halloween aren't going to be on halloween havoc right Kevin Owens isn't wrestling at Halloween Havoc. Shinsuke Nakamura is not wrestling at Halloween Havoc, as far as we know. Austin Theory is not wrestling at Halloween Havoc. Rhea Ripley is not wrestling at Halloween Havoc. Um, so they're just there to, I don't know, to me it felt like a bit of a mistake to sort of flood it that much. Obviously, all those people are very entertaining, very talented, and are, you know, talent that you, you know, they make they make whatever show, they're going to improve the quality of whatever show they're on. But um, in this instance, I, I just wasn't really sh- I, I wasn't really, sh- you know, sure why they went ahead and 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 flooded it with that many that many people because, you know, they're building Halloween Havoc and those people aren't going to be on Halloween Havoc. Yeah, in fact, not a single one is right. on Halloween Havoc. Like Braun Breaker, Gene McDonough, Ilya Dragunov. That's for the NXT Championship. There's a mm-hmm. five-way ladder match that doesn't have any main roster people in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, women's Championship Manny Rose, Alba Fire, Roxanne Perez versus Cora Jade. Julius Creed, Damon Camp, and an ambulance match, Apollo Cruz and Grayson Waller. Those are the five main matches that are on the card. There's not a single main roster star on it. Maybe so, Apollo Cruz at a push. <laughs> like yeah, but he's been in NXT for a while now. So yeah, I don't even been know. Back for you, a few months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if you can call him a main roster guy anymore. So uh, it, it is an interesting strategy. I understand why they're doing it. And I do get when you have such a roster full of such inexperience. Like there are some people on the NXT brand that are quite good. You know, mm. Carmelo Hayes stands out to me above almost everybody uh, here. Yeah. Dragon Off's really good. Uh, Breaker's mm-hmm. getting there, even though he's really new. I, I, like, Rose I like I like Grayson Waller. I like him a lot. Yeah. yeah, I think there's some really talented people there, but there's also a good 60% of the people on that roster who are so fresh that you can't really build a show around them. Mm. Um, and they're just learning. Right. Mm -hmm. So you sort of need I get the idea of main roster people, but they really pushed it hard on Tuesday. It was interesting to me, like people like Shinsuke Nakamura showing up. Great pop. Is he back, though? Like they haven't really used him on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. His name came across the screen with the SmackDown brand logo, Mm -hmm. and they did say he's back in NXT. But then at the end of the match, it said, well, at least for one night. So we don't know for sure if he's going to be on the show again. This was just a one off. Uh, Kevin Owens, I'm assuming, is a one off. I don't know. Like Sonya Deville has been on two weeks in a row. Maybe she does something with toxic attraction and Mandy Rose. Cause they're buddies. Like what do you do? Do you try to get, what would be your opinion here? Would you try to bring main roster stars in more often and have them be parts of the pay-per-views moving forward? Or you just be like, nah, they really need to focus on the talent that's here. Yeah. Um, man, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's, it's tough because it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, how do you, you yeah, you want, you got I think there's I think there's a balance. I think there's a balance, right? I think you can you can give you can give these up and coming talent the rub, but you don't want to overdo it. And I think, you know, doing the odd cameo here and there is probably is is fun and um you know, make makes lets people know that there's gonna be surprises on NXT and occasionally you're gonna get the, a main roster cameo every now and then and gives people a reason to to want to tune in. But yeah, I don't want I don't I don't think you should overdo it and especially you know especially on a go-home show to a pay-per-view when you really do want this look nxt is developmental brand but it's on tv every week and they do need to start if it's gonna be its own if it's if it i mean i know it is developmental but it is also its own brand right it has its own roster it has a unique roster they need to 
be able to to sort of stand on their own merits right you need to be able to point to the to that roster and be like look this is our we've this is our roster and and you know we we're proud we're proud of this this roster of up and coming talent and we believe in them and we believe that they can they can carry a, a this brand and this and the show by themselves and i also found it interesting that not a single nxt star outside of albafire won right, like right, when these yeah. when these people showed up these main roster stars Rhea Ripley won, uh, the OC won, um, Raquel Rodriguez won, Alba Fire beat Sonya Deville, but that was it, right? So yeah. they, they had these people come into the roster and beat their NXT stars, which you can go 50-50, I'm good with, but like if you're just burying, and I wouldn't say bury, that's a terrible word because it doesn't necessarily bury people, but when you have them lose and you have potentially an opportunity to surprisingly put somebody over, and they didn't. So mm. it is an interesting thought because you, you will get people arguing. It's like, well, how does this help them? Right. Mm. Yes. They have matches with experienced people and they always learn from that. But if they never win, it just shows you that the NXT roster cannot keep up with yeah. the main roster people. I guess also Cora J did win, but she won by DQ and that didn't really, it was it was really a, a nothing thing. Sure. But, okay. Um, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I had that wrong. No, I mean, it was D, it was a DQ thing and it didn't, it, it didn't count at all. And, and, you know, uh, Rodriguez still, still ended this that segment on top so yeah i mean your your point stands like there yeah weird decision really i mean this episode of nxt i thought in general i think nxt is getting better um as i think i've mentioned mentioned recently on the on the podcast it was grim for like a long after after that relaunch obviously prior to the nxt 2.0 relaunch the show the excitement and the momentum hat was dwindling um and it was in a weird sort of seemed to be in a weird little like lull um it was never as good as it it wasn't as good as it had been in, at its peak and something did need to change right but also it really suffered because of the pandemic it really suffered without live fans um but their their, their solution to that was to completely rebrand it and and just make it kind of make it unwatchable like when i like i said i was covering it week in week out after the relaunch and it wasn't it wasn't an enjoyable show for a, there were, there was some standout moments here and there and some some really impressive talent here and there but for the most part the show was was very bad and not not fun to watch it is getting a lot better um but yeah but so that that that's that just makes what they did this week even more over i mean overall it wasn't a terrible episode it was watchable it was you know pretty average i'd say it was like a b b minus or a c episode Mm-hmm. um but yeah the, like it's the decision to sort of essentially maybe burying is a little bit too too harsh but i don't know you haven't really given people a reason to tune in to halloween havoc or to tune into next week's nxt because you know all these people you brought into pop rating aren't going to be there next week are they or yeah. maybe they will maybe some of them will yeah i was entertained by the show you know mm. like when i was watching it it wasn't like i was like ever feeling i should turn the channel or like a super board or anything like that it wasn't like that at all it was just I was surprised by the decision surprised and not surprised because they are running up against AEW and you know, excuse me, that they want to do that just because they're running up against AEW. But uh, it was interesting. It sort of took away from the pay-per-view. Now Shotzi coming out and announcing that she's going to be the host of Halloween Havoc and Mm -hmm. the segment with Kevin Owens really building with those three people in the championship match sort of build Halloween Havoc. So they didn't ignore it. It wasn't like, Oh yeah, we've forgotten completely that there's a pay per view this weekend. Yeah, they did talk they, about it. 
yeah, and there was some good stuff too, right? We had obviously Shotzi. Shotzi does should host Halloween Havoc every year. She's like WWE's resident horror mega fan. Um, so they'd be doing her a disservice by not having her host that show every year. Um, and then the Kevin Owens thing that you mentioned, Kevin Owens is great. The KO show is always great. Uh, he called, uh, he called, you know, Jordan Devlin, who now goes by JD McDonough. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but Kevin Owens referred to him at one point as JD Mook. Don't Google me, uh, which is a reference kind of crazy that they referenced that on the air. Cause that is a reference to, uh, to JD McDonough, uh, some accusations that were levied against him during the speaking out, uh, movement. Yeah. No, I didn't catch that one because I didn't get that whole segment. But I did catch some of it. Like when yeah. he's like, I just look at you. I feel like I need to take a shower. And then he just moves away from him. like he was good. Kevin Owens is good, right? Like that's yeah. we all know he's got the talent to not only get himself over, but everybody else in those segments and make them entertaining and fun. For sure. OK, so let's switch gears a little bit. Talk about AEW Dynamite again. We don't necessarily need to go through the whole show, but there were some elements of that program that were really stand out. Uh, one mm-hmm. in a very positive way, one unfortunately in a very negative way, although we are getting good news today that Hangman Adam Page is okay. The first one for me might have been, I mean, there's been some good promos and there's been like the MJF one and William Regal. That was great. Like that was such a good promo. Uh, I don't know how much of it's even remotely accurate if they just made it up for the sake of good drama on television. Uh, I know there is a history there of MJF wanting to be in WWE and trying out at the performance center, sending in his tape for tough enough. I think it was the William Regal was in that position at that time. So it's logical. It makes sense that these things might've happened or something close to that reality might've happened. But MJF talks about how he submitted his uh, application was told to come in, try out, and then was told by William Regal, he was way too young. So they just sort of ignored him despite Mm -hmm. his obvious talents and ability to talk on a microphone and that MJF never got over that. And he went really far to the end of the extreme saying when he got that email sort of dissing from William Regal, that he was ready to kill himself and Mm -hmm. that he has never forgotten it. And then William Regal, who I figured was just going to eat it comes back and says, look, if I sparked a fire under you, that's exactly what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. And it was a great promo. I thought it was really, really good and uh, emotional and dramatic and it worked and both, MGF and William Regal got over. Like when you watched MGF, people were just standing in applause, like just cheering like crazy for him. Then when William Regal was done talking, everyone's like, oh, he makes a good point. You know what I mean? Like it's, it changed. It was just wavy up and down. It was awesome. What'd you make of it? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, It was proper, pure, I guess, pro wrestling melodrama in the best possible way. Right. Um, I think what you were saying about how much of it, sort of not knowing about how much of it was at like sort of true to life. I think most of it was honestly. I think I, I think everything other than the way MJF described how he reacted in those moments, my I think that was an exaggeration. Like I don't think he was suicidal or anything when he was rejected by Regal, but um, I think that email was definitely a real email. And I think Regal's talked about stuff like this on his podcast. He did miss the boat on on MJF, and look, maybe it was probably the right decision at the time. MJF probably wasn't quite ready for for uh for William Regal's NXT at that 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 very moment in time and who knows if if MJF had gone there he might have turned into a very different wrestler might not be the 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 person the wrestler that we all know and love today um but yeah the segment was fantastic I loved every second of it I was worried when MJF finished his portion and Regal got on the mic I was worried that Regal wasn't going to be able to keep up and in a way he couldn't but in a but it worked right because he was 
both of them were kind of like speaking from the heart, I think. And it, and when there was a few fumbles here and there, it came, it just made everything seem more genuine and more authentic. Uh, Regal saying, you know, sort of um, recounting his early days and his, 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 you know, how he broke into the industry and then saying to MJF, you know, if all you had was, if all you got was some sad emails and you had it easy, you know, like, um, yeah, just great stuff all around really. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just really pumped for everything that Blackpool Combat Club and MJF is doing at the moment. So here, I have this question for you. Not, I agree with everything you just said, but the point mm-hmm. of the promo was what? Like to just yeah. build up MJF to mm-hmm. set up something with him and Moxley? Like, yeah. Was this just, what was the point of the promo, do you think? I like, think it's to make, I think it's to, um, to somehow make MJF seem like a more worthy and yeah because i think the way that mjf has been booked and the way he books himself and the way he delivers his promos and everything he is peak he's like peak sneaky heel right he's like he cheats to win when he does win he's and so and i think they're trying to do some sort of um subtle not even subtle i just i think they're trying to do a little bit of a not a rebrand but they're trying to make him seem like a person who does, who maybe doesn't need to cheat to win or maybe not even that. They're just trying to make him. I think the, obviously the end goal here is for MJF to be champion. Um, But I think, yeah, they're just using, obviously Moxie is a member of the Blackpool combat club. Regal is sort of the mentor of Blackpool combat club. I think they want, um, I think they want Regal to legitimize MJF as a challenger to Moxley in some way. And I think it, I think it's, I think it's working uh, for the most part. If that makes one, sense. Yeah. You, you make sense there. And one of the things that didn't work for me on this show, and I don't know why they did it and we'll find out probably is the distinction between Brian Danielson and Wheeler Yuta. When you speak about the Blackpool combat club, uh, there seems to be an issue there, right? Uh, Brian Danielson was heavily recruiting Daniel Garcia. It didn't really work out. And then he's mm-hmm. talked a big game with this interview with Brene Paquette and Wheeler Yudas is sitting there shaking his head the whole time. And then he yeah. calls out, you know, Brian Danielson and says, don't meet your heroes. Clearly you don't care about this group. Mm-hmm. Where are they going with this? Like, it seems right. very interesting to me that they were to already be removing potentially a right. member of this group. Um, man, it seems early to pull the plug on somebody. like Yeah, Wheeler. definitely. Yeah. It's too early for this. It's too early to even tease this. Like, even if they're not going, even if, it, even if the end, the end result isn't Utah, you know, uh, leaving the Blackpool combat club, it just looks silly, especially because of all the effort he went through to get into the Blackpool combat club for him to now start sort of uh, questioning these guys that are that sort of, you know, well, you know, bat- baptized him with fire kind of thing. Um, I also, I love Wheeler Utah. I think he's really, really talented. And I think he has a very, very bright future ahead of him. I mean, he's, his in-ring work is is just improving all the time. It's already good, but it's improving. I don't know that he had quite has the, the, the chops to pull off this kind of um, angle, uh, sort of, you know, Mike, Mike and acting wise just yet. Um, but maybe maybe that's the point. Maybe we're, maybe it's maybe they're just throwing throwing him in at the deep end and seeing what happens. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I'm curious to see what, where they're going with it. But definitely, I agree with you. It feels too early. Well, yeah, he's he's certainly the fourth wheel of the group, right? Like Claudio Castagnoli, John Moxley, Brian Daniel. They're the core of the group. William Regal's the quote unquote manager. 
And Wheeler Yuta is the fourth guy working his way into all this for him to go almost as if he's the, not the leader, but like he's elevated himself to the point where he's a, a role model in the group. Like he's the yeah. voice of reason. Like he's yeah. somehow up there. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I just he's don't too look... big, too big for his boots. <laughs> right. I, I just, it was a strange decision. I don't know why they're doing it. I was always interested into why, I mean, I get it. Daniel Garcia is a fantastic wrestler. Brian Danielson's not wrong. He could be one of the better technical wrestlers in five years time. We might look back at him and go, man, he's fantastic. Mm. I don't really know why Danielson was so keen on having him in the Blackpool comic club. That didn't really mm-hmm. fit to me. And then forget right. Garcia to go back to the uh, Jericho appreciation society also didn't make sense. There's a lot of things going on in AEW that I'm finding like these are questionable booking creative decisions. I don't really yeah. know why I didn't mind it. the um I didn't mind the the sort of um the Daniel Garcia angle. Uh it was pretty obvious. I think it was pretty telegraphed. Um it does make Daniels to have sort of Utah talk to Danielson like that, I don't think makes Danielson look particularly good. Um I guess there could be a jealousy element there, like Utah was jealous that uh Danielson was sort of um trying to was sort of put, putting putting a lot of his weight behind Garcia when he should have maybe been supporting you a little bit more. I don't know. It's um it's complicated and kind of messy right now, but I think I mean I try I kind I think I mostly trust them to be able to to end it on a high. I can tell you that whatever match matches we get out of it are going to be good. <laughs> yeah. That's usually the case. Yeah, you know what? You you make a good point. Like it might have made more sense for Wheelie U to just to be jealous. And maybe right. that is what he is and that's what we're supposed to realize that he is, but like there's a written storyline there. Like they made him jump through hoops to get into this group. Yet they've chased down Daniel Garcia, and not asked him to do anything. Like they've mm, just said, true. Hey, come join us. Right. That's Wheeler Yuta should be jealous about that. He should be yeah. like, are you kidding me? Like, look what you made me do to earn my yeah. spot here. And you're just going to give it to this guy that you don't even know. And pro- I get that part. I, I could see that he would be upset by that, but yeah, it is interesting. We'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. The probably the big thing that we should talk about from this show is the injury to hangman Adam page. So he's wrestling John Moxley. I know some people out there actually thought Adam page was probably going to win this match. I don't think I'm on that train. I don't think it was going to go away from Moxley because I think MJF probably is going to win this from John Moxley and it didn't, wouldn't make sense for him to win it off Adam page, but Mm. the injury was awful. Um, Fortunately he's doing all right. He did release a statement today saying that he's, he's, he's okay. He just had a concussion. He was submitted to a Cincinnati medical center and he was released and still under concussion protocol, but he's doing all right. Mm-hmm. So that's the good mm-hmm. news. It was hard to sort of tell until you slowed it down what had happened. Like he kind of yeah. landed on his head slash shoulder neck area. Didn't mm-hmm. look like much at the time, but you mm-hmm. knew right away something was wrong. Yeah. Uh, the referee came up and checked on him and they immediately said, we need medical attention. It wasn't long after that, they called the match and just stretching him out. They even had to remove the bottom rope to get him out safely. It was an unfortunate situation on live mm-hmm. television on a Tuesday night, so they had to keep the show running. And mm-hmm. what it, we ended up getting out of that was a promo that I don't know that it was supposed to even happen between mm-hmm. MJF and John Moxley setting up full gear. Do you think at that point that MJF was going to announce he was cashing in his chip, or was that just done on the fly and improvised because you're like, oh, crap, we got like however much time left on television here that we got to yeah. fill. What do you think I happened? Like, I feel like it was on the fly and improvised because I feel like um, maybe it was maybe it was going to happen on Rampage or something, or maybe they maybe they had it tentatively planned for next week or something like that. But yeah, I do feel like it was improvised. Um, MJF is a very good person to have around for for situations like that. I think because you know I, you can trust him to go out and just um, you know just off the cuff improvise and 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 come up with something entertaining. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, big news. He's cashing in his chip at full gear, uh, legitimately. Not gonna, he's not gonna do it sneakily. Um, so that should be very, very interesting. We have our full gear main event. Um, regarding the actual injury, the, the concussion to Hangman, I think they deserve a lot of credit for how they handled it. Paul Turner stopped that match very quickly after uh, it became clear that Hangman was unresponsive. And then the medical, he stopped the match and, you know, medical staff was in the ring and attending to Hangman, you know, within mo- within moments. Um, so I think it was all pretty well well handled on their end. The question now is like, when does Hangman get back in in the ring because i think i guess does it does it depend on the severity of the concussion is there severity to concussion is a concussion a concussion you know um i hope i certainly hope he's not i have i certainly hope we don't see him back in a ring next week or the week after i think he needs a lot of time to recover a lot of treatment and 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 rehabilitation and um you know just checkups to make sure that he is okay and that there isn't going to be any serious long-term damage i think we've seen too many times across all sports wrestling the way concussions uh you know how dangerous concussions can be so yeah i really hope that they don't bring him back prematurely well and there's really no reason to rush him at this point right if you've got the full gear match set up between mjf and john moxley and hangman adam page is not in that main event picture he's not in the title picture why would you bring him back uh before Mm -hmm. you have another storyline for him to be part do you believe anybody when they were like yeah i think Kman was gonna win that match you didn't see that he was gonna no, win that did you no not at all i don't think so no um the way that they obviously the, the you know the, the title through various reasons for various reasons has sort of been hot potatoed all over the place recently right um you know punk's punk has two reigns uh totaling what five days <laughs> yeah uh, combined um so yeah i don't i think i think they need i think the title needs a to this is a thing though, because I'm not, I don't know. I'd actually, I would imagine Moxley retain. I, like if I early prediction, I think Moxley might retain at full gear and MJF wins it a little bit further down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think, um, I don't think, I don't think they were, they were about to do another title switch on TV, to be honest with you. No, I neither do I. Uh, and you might be right. It could be too early to pull this off of Moxley considering everything that's gone on here, but I do believe that MGF will end up with it at some point. Yeah. Oh, I think it'd sure, be yeah. crazy not to do that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of CM Punk, cause you brought his name up and it didn't even occur to me that we saw him on AEW dynamite on Tuesday. Yep. It wasn't like we would have probably thought we'd see him. He was in a highlight package for the ring of honor championship, just sort of showcasing all of the greatest champions in the promotions history. Are you on the whole, like this is good news train for fans of CM Punk back in AEW again, or was this just something that they're like, look, we can't really ignore what he yeah. was in ring of honor, what he meant to that champion. We got to show him on this highlight. Pack. Do you think this is any sort of a sign or indication that maybe thing like mm. a steel was like a steel, right? I got the name wrong last time. Um, yeah. He was like, Oh, and mm. maybe he's the first of many. I don't know, but CM Punk coming back. Is this a highlight that maybe that's possible or not doesn't really mean much? I think as much as people are reading into the fact that he was included, if he hadn't been included, people would have been talking about that even more because you can't talk about the lineage of the ring of honor championship without referencing CM Punk. You just can't. And so his exclusion from any package pack, any ring of honor championship package uh, would have, people would have been absolutely positive that he had been let go. Um, So yeah, I'm definitely not reading too much into it. I personally don't think they're going to let him go. I don't think he has been let go yet. 
I think he'll be back. I still think he wants to go out on his own terms. I think Tony Khan wants him to go out on his own terms. I think that they, I think Tony Khan will have, I think this will become, this will become an on-screen angle. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I'm not as sure as I was when I started that sentence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I just, I just realized that it's CM Punk who's involved and uh, he doesn't uh, forgive and forget very easily. Yeah, I, I really don't know what's going to happen. With, I've, I mean, I've expressed my opinion on the show before. I don't know why you'd bring him back. I mean, I get that he is a draw. I also doubt he's the draw he was when he first came back to AEW. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's a big chunk of the fan base that has sort of given up on this guy and just mm-hmm. said, you know what? Like, <laughs> we've been there. We've done that now twice. You've clearly proven that you really only care about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to root for a guy who says one thing, does another on a repeated basis. And you're just like, Hey, so I don't know if the draw is there anymore. I'm, I'm curious mm-hmm. to see if they try to make it work one more time and give it like a last ditch effort. People come back in wrestling all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to see the OC back in WWE and here they are. Right. Yeah. In, in fact, they're here so much. Carl Anderson just told new Japan pro wrestling. He's not showing up for their main, their main show on November 5th. He's going to do crown yeah. jewel instead. So yeah, you never know what could happen in this business. It is uh, an interesting one where anything can happen. Um, yeah. I guess we can't really do any predictions for full year because it's not till November 19th. This card's not really set yet at all. I think the Moxley MJF match is the only one that we've got confirmed at this yeah. point. I could be wrong. So we'll have to save those predictions for a future show. Uh, any thoughts this week in the news? I know I'm springing this question on you, but anything storyline that you're watching that you've been paying attention to that you're kind of like, Oh, this is probably worth, worth noting. I guess we haven't talked at all about Bray Wyatt. What did you make of the um, emotional promo that he gave on SmackDown where we saw Bray Wyatt more like Wyndham Rotunda than anything else? Yeah. I like, I mean, I like that a lot. Um, Not sure what's going on with the, you know, the interruption at the end there, but I'm intrigued to find out. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just good to have him back. I just hope they book him and utilize him to the best of his abilities. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing what goes on, what goes on there. Yeah, I am very curious to see what they're doing here. Like if what we saw him deliver for a promo about you know, him being him and the WWE fan base sort of saving him and finding him and he was emotional and all that. If that's just part of the gimmick that we're about to see. And we're going to have this guy who's wrestling with, you know, the emotion. Plus he's got these inner demons that are working their way out and he's fighting this mm. war back and forth. Like I am very curious as to be, if this is going to be just a simply a Bray Wyatt storyline, if we're just going to watch the struggle of Bray Wyatt on television mm. and his opponents and his matches don't matter because we're just really watching this crazy story with one person unfold in front of us on a weekly basis. Or if that was just a one-off, that promo is just the, the one time that he's going to do that. And mm-hmm. now we're going to see the character moving forward. And mm-hmm. then he's going to actually have some feuds and rivalries that we can get invested in. Mm-hmm. Cause that was the big issue for me with the fiend. It was hard to book him in the matches and, right. and get him going in those respects. So yeah. I don't know. It'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens on Friday. And then I guess another thing, Soraya, Soraya uh, got physical again on dynamite. Uh, they, they, they are, I think that if she wasn't, if she hadn't been cleared to compete, they would have probably said by now. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna. I, I I believe she will be in at least a tag match at Four Gear. That's just my hunch. No insider info there. Um, yeah, what do you think? No, I'm I'm with you. The amount of times that she's been 
uh, physically involved in some of these matches and segments uh, is a good sign. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I think AEW is probably a little bit more lenient than WWE is on the physical kind of medical clearing front, but I don't think you want to put somebody like that at risk. You know, she's basically sat on the sidelines for like three years and it's because she hasn't been cleared to perform. And I think if you're going to put her in a match and you're going to clear her, she better be cleared. She better be ready. She better be at the point where if she takes a bump. It's not the end of the road for her. Um, yeah. You don't want to take that gamble. I think it's a bad, bad look if they mm-hmm. do make that mistake. So I think they're going to be very cautious. And if they're that cautious and she's already being physical, must mm-hmm. be good news. That's yeah. How, and I, that's I, I, I yeah. Do. I expect that she will be working a very safe style for at least the first few months. Probably we probably won't even, she might even be more like, I mean, look, there's people on the AEW roster who don't wrestle that MJF is one of them. MJF and Ricky Starks don't wrestle that often because they're both, they both have injuries. Um, and Tony Khan's not trying to, to, to worsen those injuries. So I think Soraya is going to get cleared to compete. She might even, she might even work that sting schedule. And and if she, and if that's what she ends up doing, then good. Like she's going, I get going out on her own terms. Um, the way it ended the first time around, it wasn't, it was very, very unfortunate. And she was, she was far too talented. So yeah, even if she ends up working only pay-per-views, I think it's, I think that's, you know, and it's a good thing. Yeah, it's certainly better than bringing her in and having the sale of her changing the women's division, but never wrestling. Like, mm. I don't know how you would have pulled that off. It just yeah. seems unrealistic to me to go that she can't make that big of a difference if she's not going to step in the ring. So if she is able to wrestle and she is able to go uh, and so far it looks good, we'll see where it goes. Uh, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. All right, Norman, I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, coming on, talking about the uh, NXT show with all the main roster stars, AEW Dynamite, the good and the bad from that show. A little bit about Bray Wyatt, a little bit of Soraya, and we'll see what else comes mm-hmm. up by the time. Yeah, man. The show, you never know. It's, it could it's be an a- exciting time to be a wrestling fan. That's for sure. Yeah, and there's news all the time. <laughs> like there's, it always seems like something new is popping up in one of these two promotions. It used to be just AEW bringing somebody in. Now it's WWE, and it's it's really shifted. Like. WWE is surprising us on a weekly basis all the time. New people, new faces, new ideas. Mm-hmm. It's kind of awesome. It's just yeah. really, really fun to watch. So I appreciate it for everybody else who's been tuning in. Uh, please do us a favor, download, subscribe, share this with your friends, uh, share it on social media groups, whatever, and give us a five-star rating on Apple podcast. This has been another edition of the sports show brought to you by the sports.com for Norman, for Jim. Uh, thank you very much. We'll talk to you folks next time.